Friends Maestro here bringing you episode 519 of Maestro on the Mic. This is going to be part three of the four-part podcast episode series that I am running with my bestie, Jill Fit, entitled Business and Bullshit with My Bestie. In this episode, we talk about the nuts and bolts of online business. I know you're listening to this right now, but if you have some time, go and watch the episode. We'll link it in the show notes. You can watch it on YouTube. We actually recorded this episode in person. I had 11 billion lights. I had all the things. We recorded it in my living room. And honestly, y'all, I'm just super proud of it. So if you got time, go and watch it. Would love that. Otherwise, hey, DJ, give me that teaser. So I have a little bit of a hot take on this. When does someone have the right to say, I have an online business? Someone's like, I don't want my friends and family to see this. I have an issue with that, to be honest. Why would you hide something that you totally. want to be massively successful? I have this business that has two different avatars. Totally. How do I sell to them? And how do I actually market this? And what does my year look like? Remember that show, Big Brother, where they just yeah. sit around a living room? Yeah. We're yeah. doing it right now. <laughs> this is Big Brother with your bestie. So the bullshit is, I'd love to bring in your brother, Dan. One time, you made him run in basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I don't know these stories before she brings them up on this. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestroified. Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here bringing you another episode of my and Jill Fitz favorite podcast. I have my fingers crossed right now. If you're listening to this, you don't know. <laughs> if you're watching it, you see me. I'm bent over. I have my fingers crossed because Jill and I are in person for episode three of Business and Bullshit with my bestie. And we got the cameras going. We have three cameras going. We got lights. You can't see any of this, but I feel famous. I'm like, look at our yeah. little setup. I can't believe how many wires there are. <laughs> uh, actually- and how you even have us. What are you, Home Depot? What is it, Best Homo Buy? Depot. <laughs> Homo Depot. Homo <laughs> no, Depot. You're definitely Best Buy and shit. <laughs> got all the wires, all the things. There's. I'm looking at three tripods. Yeah. A lot of extension cords. <laughs> and safe, several lightings, mostly. a big lighting set. <laughs> It's a, a big lighting set. So Joel would Google that. I'm like, Joel, good lights. A big lighting set. We have a video light. I'll be like most expensive lighting set because okay. I know it'll be best, the best Fair. quality. Fair. Yeah. Oh, this was a good deal. I'll link it in the show notes. But this was actually a good deal for this. I needed it because we moved and I needed lights for be able to film at night. But we are in person. Hopefully this setup works. Three cameras going. We'll see. But uh, this is part three of our four-part series, Business and Bullshit with My Bestie. Episode one, we talked about how to do the thing in online biz. Episode two, we talked about standing out. And this week, this episode will drop, what my notes say, October 16th. We're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of online biz. Before we get into that, JB, any announcements you want to make? 
Um, only announcement is the ever announcement uh, for the entire four-part series. So for those of you who are listening and are maybe interested in learning more about Legacy, which is our intermediate plus business container, which starts in January, we are ap- opening applications here in a couple of weeks. Uh, for those on the interest list, October 29th is the date to get on your calendar. We are opening early to you guys. Um, right so if down. you are someone who has been in, 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 you know, we don't have specific metrics. There's not like you need to be making this much money or have this big of an audience. What we do is very much um, around making sure it's a right fit. So if you feel like you're someone who has the proficiency of at least an intermediate business owner, please go ahead and add yourself to the interest list. Go to jillfitfree.com forward slash legacy dash waitlist. That's jillfitfree.com forward slash legacy dash waitlist. And of course, we'll have in the show notes as well. That's my big announcement. That's what's come down the pipeline. And uh I'm excited. I've been actually getting a lot yeah. of people telling me that they're they're pumped for it. Legacy season, legacy season is dope. And one thing. It is. That Jill, the way she reads that, she's not reading it. The way she speaks <laughs> that, I'm like, it's a commercial. I'm amazed. I've done this a couple times. I'm amazed. You folks watching it, you see she's not reading off of anything. She just, it's from there. And I'm always like, Courtney, can you just drop a URL, whatever, is it? just put something in the show notes. And Jill's like, here it is. <laughs> I've mom memorized I'm this like, point. Wow. So I am stoked about Legacy Season as well. I yeah. think that... Um, a little history, folks, on because we're talking about the nuts and bolts of online business, and one of the things in online business is having offers. And this is an offer that we created three years ago, yep. and it took a little persuading yep. um, on Jill's part. We went for a bike ride, and she like we went for a bike ride down to Redondo, and she was like, "What do you think you're the best at? Like, what's your skill set? What do you you know really like doing?" And then she talked about this this program she was thinking about doing, and I was like, "That sounds cool," but that was it. And then we ride our bikes back home, and I texted her. I was like, "I would really love to be a part of this thing." And she was like, "I was that was the ask," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I missed that part." But the kind of persuading from Jill's part was the the duration. Yep. Oh, if you're watching on camera, maybe you got a little surprise there. Pip is here, which we'll get to in a little bit because that's a how we met. But um, you want to tell them about the length of legacy and yep so we do get started in january and it's a six-month program but we actually because we do applications in october and we actually do you know we just we actually extend invites to people who we think are going to be good fits usually we have a handful of people who are like a little bit have just like some follow-up questions with which we'll just do some quick uh i don't even call them like sales calls just more like discovery calls and then we have some people who we don't think is a good fit and we usually give them you know to they like we'll give you something like somebody to do like homework assignment or you know go do this program or do something else or, you know, just keep going or whatever. Um, But we usually do two preschool calls to get everyone on the same page before January. So as you guys know, if you're in the health fitness movement space, January tends to be a pretty big month. January, February tend to be pretty big months in the space. So we don't want to like start in January. We want to get people just some primer education ahead of time. So we do a preschool call in both uh, November and December, and then we get started in January at six months. And uh, and Meister has commitment issues apparently. So she was like, I don't know about that length. And I was like, dude, we won't even get, especially because we're working with, we do work with people who are already established and like it just takes a little yeah. bit longer you know it we're does. not just teaching them one single skill we're taking them through sometimes not even one launch but sometimes two launches through that time and of course the the big promise of legacy is to have your biggest launch ever which all of our clients do but sometimes people have multiple launches and we're yeah. there literally walking you through all of that so we want to make sure that there's enough time and and what's funny about it is you don't even think six months is enough not, time at this point it's not that was a big change we went through the first six months of the first cohort and I was like we also had kind of COVID mixed in with that, but I'm like, this just isn't enough time. We have live events in there and just 
We'll talk about selling on the next episode um, coming out the following Monday, but it takes time. It takes time to actually warm up the audience. It takes time to actually sell the thing, and then you have to run the thing. And so people are going through this, and you'll start to see if you're in the online business space, six months suddenly ain't shit. You're just like, wow. So Super. after the well after the first round we decided we were kind of like should we make it longer should we make it like eight months ten months and we did decide against that yeah. because we really wanted to make the investment price yeah. commensurate with the level of business one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves in our space is like these people who have these beginner to business programs and they're like it's ten thousand dollars I'm like sure maybe there's like a tiny like slice of you know the of people who might be ready for that big investment but as a beginner it can be really scary so we really wanted to make the investment for legacy commensurate with someone who is at an intermediate level and if we made it longer we'd have to make it more expensive so it didn't make sense to do that people will get the education they will get the experience and in full transparency one of the things we say is yes the promise is you will have your biggest launch but some people have it shortly after and it's because they can still take everything that we've learned and the reps that we put in during those six months. And seasonality is a very real thing, right? We, fo- we stay talking about 18 months, give things 18 months, because this gives you enough time to go through a full year and then you hit six months of, of going through like repeated seasons. Uh, so some people, they take that same education and they can apply it afterwards and they will absolutely, I'm thinking about people right now, they'll have their yep. biggest launches shortly after. But, For sure. But that was the persuading that was there because I was like, six months is kind of a long time, Jill. And I'll... But the coolest thing about it is we really do get to know everyone in Legacy so well. Like, you know, it's interesting. We are going to be opening up Legacy to some of our alums, actually to all of our alums, uh, for the first time to be part of it and have a different sort of track that they'll be on. And so many of them were just like, oh, I miss, like I was, I was looking at the list of people and I was like, oh yeah, like that was three years ago. I forgot what I forgot about her. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really cool. So so we just spend a lot of time. This is probably, at least for me, I'll speak for me only. Like this is my, my highest touch container for sure. Yes. In terms of just like FaceTime and getting yes. down and dirty in the business. Absolutely. And we do two live events over the course of six that, months. So it's quite a bit. That that part, the live events, absolutely. Magic. And there's just nothing on the market like it. You know, that's why we wanted to do it. And that's why I brought it to you. Because I was just like, there's not, you know, anyone doing something like this in the space with two you know, females running it. It doesn't exist. No, And actually doesn't. being actionable. If you folks are watching this on, <laughs> hopefully you're watching on YouTube, the whole goal is for you to actually watch this. Maybe it's because I'm old now. I like watching podcasts on TV. If I see a video podcast, I'm like, where's the full video? I want to watch it, not just these little clips. But Jill just pointed, and you can't see because we don't have enough cameras to turn it around. But Pip is inside of, fully inside of, Moose's toy box. Toy box. And now, come on, Pip. <laughs> if you're watching on camera, she's centered the frame, and there she is. She got a toy. I don't know how she carried that. I'm quite impressed. I love this. I love this. We're in my apartment, and we're making this work. One of the things we talked about, I'm going to kind of riff with this a little bit. One of the things we talked about in the first episode was doing the thing, getting started. Yep. And then one of the things we talked about in the last episode was in terms of if there is a shortcut, it's audacity, right? Having the audacity to actually do something. And that's kind of what we're doing right now of like, we want to do this with video. I really want to do it in person. Jill wants to do it in person. We've been talking about this. And I was like, are we going to wait till we have like find a studio? Are we what? Like, let's just do it. Let's just figure this out. I know the technology. And if the video doesn't work, well, it's okay. We definitely have the audio. We do have some backups for things like that. So that is definitely a little bit of a cheat code when it comes to or a hack, if you must, when it comes to online business and having an online business, succeeding in the space is like, do the thing. Have the audacity to do it. 
get started, figure it out. It messes up. It's okay. You figure it out. You go on to the next thing. You get a rep. Like it's not wasted time ever. So you know what I do think is funny every time. <laughs> every time I do, like a, I don't know. Sometimes I'll do interviews with people at my house. Like in, and we don't do video obviously like this, but we'll just do audio. Well, I don't know why the dogs. That's they the know. only time. They know. That's the only time. Like Pip was running. Like we they had know. the zoomies, and I was like, she. Meanwhile, she's like has a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> Like all day, every day. And then like the one time we're recording. Jill, Rupert came out. She's like digging in the... Like <laughs> Rupert came out. I know you folks, if you follow me on Instagram, then you know I have a cat. But if you ever meet me in person, if you ever come over, you wouldn't know I have a cat. I have a cat sitter. She's never seen the cat. Not once. Um, Ella has not yet to this day seen him because he hides underneath the sofa or he goes in the drawers of the upstairs. We go and turn the cameras on. Suddenly, Guess who walks out? Looking all scruffy, too, and it was not camera ready. <laughs> My guy was not camera ready because he's been under the sofa all day. But we were so surprised because Pip's here. Yeah. And usually... He knows. These animals know. You're like, it's time to record. It's my time they to do. shine. Dude came out. He's in the room. We had to lock him up. I was like, I don't want to... I don't want to kerfuffle, so... You okay? I love her, though. I do. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I am a cat person through and through, but Pip will trick you, and you're like, I could have a dog. We always call her starter dog. Because she's just she's, she's so, easy. so easy. I babysat her once, and I was like, I could do this. I could. Spoiler, I can't. I have a big dog now. I'm like, I can barely do this. <laughs> but the episode, we're ta- I want to talk about the nuts and bolts of online business. And I'd love to toss it over to you first, Jill, sure. in terms of what makes an online business? When does someone say, or quote unquote, have the right to say, I have an online business? So I have, I have a little bit of a hot take on this. I am a fan of, this is one of the things, I'm a big fan of this idea, this concept called the as if principle. And it's actually a book by Richard Wiseman and it's just called the as if principle. And it's this idea that you act as if you're already the thing that you want to become, or you act as if you're the more successful version of you, or you act as if you already have the thing you're working towards. And so a lot of the decisions I make at Jill Fit actually are based on this. We're like, what would the more successful business do in this decision? And we make a lot of our decisions that way. And it's scary because you don't make decisions based on your current you, you make them based on who you want to become. So one of the things that I tell, especially my newer students and my newer online business owners, they might not have any clients. They maybe they just got their certification. They just jumped online. Maybe they don't even have an Instagram or Facebook that's like business oriented yet. And I tell them to say it out loud whenever they're talking to somebody. So for example, if they go to like a cocktail party or they go to a social event and someone says like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, dude, just say you haven't, you own an online business. And one of my hacks, because I'm in the fitness space, one of my hacks is a lot of these newer coaches now have to film themselves at the gym. They're doing workouts, mm-hmm. they're doing movements, whatever. I always tell them, I'm like, look, this is what I call a vulnerability PR. Like, okay, this is going to feel really uncomfortable. It's going to maybe feel a little awkward for a second, but watch what happens. So, and I start doing this when I f- was first getting started online too. You go to the gym and you have, you set, do your setup and you ask someone to take a video for you. So you say, hey, do you mind really quick just grabbing a quick video for me, like a couple reps? So you give your phone to someone and you let them film your thing and you say something along the lines of, thanks so much, I have an online business, so this helps. And number wow. one, when you do that, when you say that, number one, you're, you're not saying, oh, like I'm a teacher or I'm a nurse or whatever other regular job you have, right? You don't just like say what your corporate job is. You literally say, I'm an online business owner. I own a fitness company. I own a fitness company. Do you mind taking a video? And number one, it, it just solidifies wow. for you that like you're doing this. Like you say wow. it out loud. 
even if you don't have any clients, you say it out loud, you act as if you already have the successful business you want. The second thing it does is you wouldn't imagine how many people ask about the business. They go, oh, really? What is it? And then it puts you in a, oh, Jill Fit or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And so it does both of those things to start getting you on board and not seeing these things as separate. Yeah. Because a lot of times people come in, they have a corporate job or they, you know, work Absolutely. in a gym and they have a, their personal trainer or PT or whatever. So I'm just like, no, tell them what you want to be known as first. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing is you have to first and foremost own that you're now doing this and not separate the two. You know, I mean, how many times have people asked totally. you, should I keep my, I have a personal mm -hmm. yes. page and, or they're like, it's I just biggest, started my business yes. page and they'll message me from it. And I'm like, there's no followers, there's no yeah. posts. I'm like, you're starting from scratch. So what do you say to someone who's like, I'm just getting started. I'm scared to introduce my friends and family to this new thing I'm doing. Like, you know, what Dude. do I do? Dude, one, I love that. And I love it for so many reasons. One, one of my pet peeves is people will say, online versus real life and i'm like online is real life it's not in person like if you feel that the online that you're following isn't real follow different people right like change right. what you're doing and change how you're showing up it's usually more of a reflection of yourself like i get it it can be scary but let's let's start with that so i love that you bringing it into the in-person space and that's so tangible such a great way to start like that's amazing i love that i love that for the person that is starting their online business and looking to do the social side of things, that is probably one of the biggest questions I get is like, should I start a new account or I have two accounts? And I'm just like, literally, my whole stick, folks, is get started and keep going. So I don't fucking care what account you use, whether it's the one, yes, it is nice if you already have some followers, right? Give people the gift of going second, but you have to manage your own expectations there because people will be like, I have X followers. I'm like, yeah, but they don't fucking care. Like they didn't come to you for this thing. So they may not interact with you. They may not be supporting. They may not be commenting because... They followed you for pictures of your kids or something. So if you want to keep that account and you don't care, you don't have like this kind of like, you know, I don't want people to see my stuff, then by all means, that's the account. One account and everything goes on there. If you're like, I just have hesitation around this. Cool. I just want you to get started. So in that case, use the new account, but the old account, you don't use it anymore. You don't have to delete it. You don't have to do anything with it. I just need everything on board with this new one. The goal is ultimately, right? My expertise, Jill as well, is building personal brands. Like, yes, you ultimately can grow this thing and grow it beyond you and have a full, a full, you know, online business outside of you, but it starts largely with a personal brand. So I want you to put the person in personal brand and I want you to have you and your life on this, on this one account. But Whatever's going to get you started. If you're like, I'm hung up, my family, I don't want them to see it. Okay, cool. Make a business one and then you go all in. Expectation management, radical responsibility. Cool. I have like no followers there, no nothing there. I have to understand that. That's fine. Or flip side, you're like, I have no problem with my family seeing it. I'm going to use the account that I already had. Cool. Start it, use it as a business, but have the expectations of these people didn't come for that. So they may not interact. And now we have to move forward to attract that audience. That we, that we want. You know, I'm interested in this because I, I really love that. I almost take like an energetic approach to it. Like when someone's like, I don't want my friends and family to see this. I have an issue with that, to be honest. Totally. Like I get it's it. It's going to stop you, them. Look, it's like my whole thing is like, cool, you never have to share your kids if you don't want to. I know there's like some privacy stuff and I get that. But why would you hide something that you totally. want to be massively successful? I guess that's where I go with it. Like from an energetic perspective, I'm like, you want this thing to be massively successful and yet you're telling me that you don't want too much attention. It's like what we talked about <laughs> on the first, yep. yeah, like last episode or two episodes ago. And 
So in a way, I'm going to push back a little bit on if you're thinking that, ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. I think there's something so powerful about putting yourself on the hook publicly that helps you to follow through on it. Totally. Because if none of your friends and family know what you're doing, first of all, you're probably going to have qualified leads who are friends and family. You know, my first, my first online clients were my cousins and my aunts, but like, so if you're like, I don't want them to see it, how could you possibly have massive success if you're trying to hide that? I get it. And it's a totally, totally normal fear. I think it's one of those things that you have to maybe coach yourself through just ripping the bandaid off. And I think you're going to be so surprised at how many people in your life would totally support you. Even if they don't end up being clients, they root for you. They support you. They're cheering for you. They know people who could potentially be your first clients for you. So I don't know. I mean, I get, I get that too, but I'm more of the like, Hey, let's eventually like totally let everybody know. I love that word there eventually. So this is actually going to tie into, we have a question came in from Rhonda. Rhonda, if you're watching, listening, sorry, I can't read it verbatim because we got literally have 97 (laughs) all the cameras. (laughs) So I'm filming this on iPhones, right, folks? We're just like, let's do it. Let's figure out how this works. Like, ideally, if you're going to film something in person and you're going to do a multi-cam setup for all my nerds that are thinking about this, you use three cameras and then the same camera because this way it's going to film the same, same frame rates and everything. The lighting, it'll be the same. I don't have three cameras. And also the camera I have only films for 20 minutes at a time. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I was like, I got multiple iPhones. Jill's got an iPhone. So that's what we're using. So I can't read your question verbatim. I know I could have put on the computer, but it's a whole thing, Rhonda. But I know what you were asking and I'm going to relay it. I'm going to relay it to Jill. So one of the things that Jill said there is eventually we want you to tell everyone. And I love that. And so what will happen is I'll be like to have the two accounts because I already know that they're going to get fucking tired of trying to have two and being like, totally. I should put it on. And, and then eventually they're going to be like, I'm just doing it on this. And I'm like, look a year in, you're like, what was I even thinking? Exactly. And I'm like, exactly. So the question that's coming in is from Rhonda and Rhonda has two arms of her business. Um, This question is specifically for Jill. She reached out, she DM'd. Uh, None of you use the Google form. (laughs) Maybe use that organization. I don't know what camera to look at, but use the Google form if you got questions. We'd love to answer them through there. But one of the questions that came in in the DMs was from Rhonda. She has two arms of her business. One is pregnancy postpartum coaching, fitness coaching, um, physio coaching, right? So she's a physio from Canada. And then the other arm is that she does, I don't want to call it VA work, but we'll, we'll call it creative work for other coaches. She does PDFs. That's like her biggest thing. She started a separate account, which I like because it's like, it's like a very different side of the business, but is like, it's too hard to manage to these two, these two accounts. I have this, you know, Rhonda Chamberlain creative, and then I have my regular account and how do I do it all at once, right? How do I have this business that has two different avatars Totally. and how do I sell to them? And how do I actually, you know, market this? And what does my year look like? And she was like, I know Jill does this in the business and I'd love to know what she does. Okay. So I'm going to caveat this. This is not my favorite and I don't even like it for myself at times, to be honest. But the reason why it has worked for us thus far, because if anyone's not familiar with Jill Fit, we started out as a health and fitness company, uh, direct to consumer. We did that for two years, grew it to six figures. And then people started asking me like, how are you doing what you're doing? So I started like slowly wading into the business side. And this was back in 2012. And now 75% of our revenue or, or about 70% of our revenue is 
to other professionals, so B2B, and then about 30% is still B2C. But the key is this, and this is my question for Rhonda, it's possible to have it under one roof if one thing is, po- if there is a any sort of crossover between audiences. So for example, at Jill Fit, we have a lot of people who do our fitness and nutrition programs and have wins with those programs and then want to help other people become, you know, want to become a coach and want to become a trainer online. So they go, well, I had a win with Jill when it comes to fitness. So I want to learn business. Who else am I going to learn from besides Jill? I already have a win with her. So I guess the question to ask is, what's the percentage of those two audiences that is overlapping? Because the pipeline for our business stuff is oftentimes the fitness and nutrition products, especially because our fitness programs are pretty advanced. So we do attract a good amount of trainers. So you have to look at the messaging. This is really important looking at the messaging. So my, when you told me this originally, my first thought was for her postpartum clients, is she working with like, maybe that's postpartum for trainers. Like maybe she even has to go into the B2B like postpartum for other coaches who maybe don't do that, but she wants to be, you know, she like these coaches Mm -hmm. don't want to do that. They need to do nutrition or mindset or do something else, but she's postpartum for coaches because she understands like that lifestyle. She understands the entrepreneurship. She understands the you know work from home or whatever. That would be, otherwise I do think it's going to be really hard yeah. to sort of switch back and forth because it's a pretty, it's a pretty sharp left turn mm-hmm. to be honest. So if you can't keep up with two, one of the things that we do at JillFit, we do have a separate account for Moderation 365, which is our nutrition content. And I just made a, a like a decision that I did not want to put nutrition content on Jill Fit. So it all goes on the moderation 365 stuff, but now we have someone running that. So you might have to have, if you can't personally handle it, which I don't blame you, you might have to have someone like even maybe one of your, I don't know, maybe one of your clients who is wants to an intern. Like if you work with other coaches or trainers, maybe one of them wants to supplement their income by helping you with that social media platform, the graphic design or whatever it is you're doing. So I don't recommend putting both of these things on because it's just too, they're so separate. I would have a hard time doing it. Yeah. I don't know what your take is, but I'm not going to be like, you know, January to June, do that. And then like July to that, do that. I just think you want to have it feel cohesive. And and to be honest, you guys, the algorithm will, I mean, I know we don't talk about the algorithm that much, but it will penalize you if you're constantly switching. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. This was, I mean, this is why I posed it to Jill. Um, Rhonda and I had a conversation in there. If your business, I'm going to throw the question back to you. Okay. I'm going to say one more thing. And then before I forget this, I also want to say is splitting your effort and splitting your focus, making both of these businesses, neither one take off. I'm just going to like ask that question, like to, to Rhonda, do you feel like if you just picked one that it would be like rocket ship time? Or are we kind of like just keeping both of them at like this like mediocre sort of like level? But if you picked one and put all of your focus and energy into it, would it just absolutely skyrocket? Not going to touch it, Rhonda. Not going to touch it. <laughs> what were you going to say? Sorry, I got you Not off. Not going to touch it. No, no, that's great. Um, the question, where did it go, was about... Oh, it is about that. So... I would like for you to talk about, though, the seasonality that you do have in your business, because sure. it makes sense, given your demographic, given how th- people move about. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I will also say this is changing for us, too. Like, it's mm. changed over the last few years. Um, so one of our biggest, so we do, like I said, about 30% of our revenue in fitness and nutrition products. So two things here. Number one, part of that is we have a certification. 
So we have a nutrition certification, which is marketed. We have CEUs with like NASM and ISSA and ACSM and stuff like that. So when people get certified in our Moderation 365, we say, hey, now that you have this curriculum and you have this, you know, IP that you're going to be helping your clients with, now we get a layer on the marketing and sales. So we actually get clients. So then we put them into FBA after that, or we, we tell them Makes the sense. pipeline is right yeah. into FBA, which is the beginner program. So that's one piece of it. And the second piece is the messaging of the fitness programs. You know, we're not beginner. We're not like mm -hmm. dumbbell only. Mm -hmm. We're not mm -hmm. like, you know, home workouts. You know, no, we're, well, you're not, Jill. <laughs> we're very no. much like barbells, <laughs> you know, five days a week, 12. Like we're pretty intense. The programs are very, like the, the workouts are yeah. short, but they're pretty intense. Yeah. Which tends to attract people who are at the higher level, intermediate to advanced level fitness which are a lot of pros because a lot of pros just don't want to program for themselves. You know, we have a lot of our yes. coaches who just are like, you know, what? I just want to do your programs because I just don't have the mental Man, capacity totally. to, yeah, to do my own programming. So again, the fitness nutrition stuff acts as a pipeline into the, uh, the business stuff. Makes sense. So, but th from a seasonality perspective, we use our nutrition stuff. We're actually going to do more evergreen stuff with that on ads. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to, it's been feeling yeah. the last two years, it's kind of been feeling a little bit like a, like a jarring change. Um, cause I've just been more like interested in the business stuff. Yeah. So, um, we're probably doing more like evergreen ad stuff with the fitness and nutrition programs in the future. Love this. Yeah. I love this. I love this. I love this. One of the things I want you to, to zoom out, come here, puppers. One of the things that I'd love for you to zoom out with and listen and think about folks is, hearing what what Jill's business sounds like and I mean I ideally you're like ears should have perked up when she was just like hey we got CEUs for this like this is not like some super small teeny tiny business and today's episode is about the nuts and bolts of, of online business and one of the coolest things is that your online business can look however you want totally you can have more of a lifestyle business I kind of lean into that I'm like I'd like to play volleyball and just play around with cameras or you could be like, hey, I want to have multiple arms of this. Or usually it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow into that. You can just start with multiple arms. I want to have don't multiple do arms of it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do, do that. that. Zoom in. We're, I, I said zoom in like somebody else is editing this. I'm editing this. <laughs> <laughs> zoom in, Chante. Zoom in on the face there. <laughs> I'm editing it. Mental note. <laughs> don't start off with multiple arms of things, but it may grow into that. You may want to have a bigger team. Uh, you may want to be outsourcing a lot more things. You get to choose. Like to me, I know I'm talking a lot about, about the setup that we have going on right now, but I'm like, what a time to be alive. Totally. Like we're in a living room on Saturday evening. We got the animals. Pip is having a great time. Recording. This is like the equivalent of recording a TV show. Like it's wild. What? This is Remember that show Big Brother where they just sit yeah. around a living room? Yeah. We could do that. I have, right I have enough cameras. I had enough cameras. We're doing it right now. <laughs> I got enough cameras. This is, this is Big Brother with your bestie. <laughs> <laughs> that show has been on for like 20 years. It just keeps going. Didn't you say you wanted to be on Road Rules? Real World. Oh, Real World. Road Rules, they were in that fucking Winnebago. And I was like, that looks dirty. I did not want to be on the Road Rules. Real World, though? I was like, yeah. And then never, but I never tried out. So it was like a kind of, you know, Action Express is priority. So clearly I didn't actually really want to be on it. But in theory, I was like, it'd be cool. But then to me, Instagram, I was like, I have my own real world. I'm going to go live. That's it. Do like, it. I'm going to share my life. I'm going to share my stories. So when you're building your online business, you get to choose what that, what that looks like and how big it goes. And also just what a time you be alive because it can go as big as you want it to, to grow. going to – Pip. going to throw another question at you because I want to say with this kind of online business theme, what nuts and bolts, what does it mean? I see people – 
kind of talking about outsourcing and hiring like right away and that makes you legit. You have people coming in for FBA. I'm sure you have people asking like, when do I do this? What do I do? Like, do I need to hire a fucking copywriter? Like, do I outsource mm-hmm. these things? Mm-hmm. What's the advice you give around there? Yeah, especially for newer. I mean, you'll know when you know. Like, I mean, don't let anyone tell you that you need a social media manager. The social media manager. I'm like, no. So here's, and I think you and I come down the same. I am a big fan of knowing what's happening in your business and learning all the yes. skills yourself first so that when you do outsource, cause I've seen it the other way where it's a, it ends up being a huge mess. So I'll give mm-hmm. you guys an example. Like, so, um, let's just say you want to hire a copywriter. This is a really common one where it's going to like write a sales page. You can pay, you know, pay someone 5,000, $10,000 to write you an entire sales page. And the problem is, is that you don't have practice writing copy. So you actually don't know if it's good. You don't know if it's in your voice. You're you're listening to someone who's an expert and they're going, well, this is going to convert at this, whatever. And you're like, okay, sounds good. And then when it doesn't, you don't know what to change because you don't have a deep understanding of it. And so there are key skills. And this is one thing you and I talk about quite a bit about when people come online, they don't realize, and I'm, I'm curious if you have run into this too, where they just assume it's kind of common sense. They like look at what other people are doing on Instagram or look at what other people are doing on Facebook or other social media platform and just go, well, how hard can it be? But then they start learning business and they're like, wow, mm-hmm. There's a whole thing that like a whole world opened up to. This is literally what people say to me verbatim. This is a whole world has opened up to me. And I'm like, you don't know what you don't know. And why would you know how to do this stuff? You know, I, why? so Shantae was giving me a tour of her house because I haven't been here yet. And before we start uh, recording and I saw your guitar in there in your office. Yeah. And I was like, that's an example. Why would someone know? how to do the guitar. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not like, oh, let me just watch Jimi Hendrix videos and I got, got it. it. <laughs> but that's what people do online. They're like, I'm on social media, so I should know how to do this. Or I, I yeah. buy from businesses, so I should get this. And it's just not that way. Yeah. So I think you have to give yourself time and yes. deliberate attention to getting better at these skills. I always uh, call them skills. Skills, like. Huge. Look, your my first sales page, you've seen it. My first sales page was the worst. It was basically like a headline <laughs> that said it said like ongoing monthly fitness, fat loss and nutrition membership, new recipes. <laughs> like it was and then it had a buy button. That was it, the entire thing. And y'all it was the year was 2011. The you year know? was 2011. And I also had built a ton of trust for my blog, right? So people weren't go. even people weren't even looking at the sales page, you know? And and I will say this, things like the sales page and stuff, just as an aside, are the least important that they've say ever it. been. Say it. Because people are connecting with you in so many other places, right? So it's not like you're sending cold traffic to a sales page and it needs to convert. These people are already following you on social. They're on your email list. Like they're doing all this stuff. So they've already warmed up to you. So I would just say for someone who is new to the space, don't assume, or even in the first couple of years, do not there outsource until you have at least a like 75 to 80% understanding of this thing. This, this, this is it. This is what I stay preaching and writing down some notes here. So don't forget. Learn how to do this stuff yourself. Like I get people are, people, do you feel like people just want like, I don't want to say they want to cop out, but do you feel like they're just like, Yes. Throw money at it. This. They they are. And so exactly like Jill stole the words. Kind of people can be in a place where they're like, do I have more time or I have more money? You are actually at a benefit if you have more time than you have more money because you're forced to be like, I have no money. So like I got to figure out how to do this. How to do it. 
you are at an advantage because then you're like, I'm going to put in the time to figure out how to do this. I'm going to learn how to record this. I'm going to learn how to write these things. I'm going to learn how to make this stuff. And then when you go to outsource it, it's so much easier because you can be like, this is what I like. This is my voice. Do this. And if, you hire, if you're hiring, so you have like kind of options here. If you're hiring someone that like is a professional at this, then you can be like, this is my voice and like, what's your spin? If you're hiring someone and maybe you're like, I don't have that much money, so I'm hiring someone that's in my ecosystem and that's, they're kind of learning with me. Cool. Then you can say, this is how I do it. Here's a screen recording of like, here's how I move the things right. Here's the thing like, go and do this thing for me, whether it's podcast editing, you know, uploading podcasts or anything tech related, like it makes it that much easier. Or I've I've talked about this on past episodes. If something does happen in your business and your editor gets sick, do you know how to put your shit up? Or you're like, well, I have to wait a million years. Like I'm handcuffed. Like I don't know how to do anything. I watch people not know how to make any sales. Like they literally don't know how to make one. Because they've outsourced things so much and they're just like, I don't or know. Or how about people who just don't have access to their website? This is wild to me. I'm like, and what like, do you mean? You what? can't just change something you on your like, website right now? Change that link? And they're like, I don't I have to like email somebody. And I'm like, right. What? Well, let me ask you this. When someone is ready to hire, who do you think their first hire should be? What should their first hire be? This is great. I think it depends on the person. So for some people, your first hire will be like something in your house. Because you may need to get used to trusting someone else. Right, I get it. There, there's something to be said if because Jill and I have very similar values, and if competency is one of your values, then there's a good chance that other people can't do that thing as well as you can, and that's okay. But to get to that place where you're like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it being good enough. I'm okay with it, someone else doing something in a different way. You may need to outsource a more benign task that is like groceries or fucking housekeeping. housekeeping. Like groceries, it sounds scary to me. I'm like, people don't do well with the produce. Your berries <laughs> are gonna get fucked up. I don't want to outsource that. But like other things, maybe you are like everything else but the berries. I'll go to the store and get those. So probably something like that. Uh, and then for me, the next thing is the thing that you hate the most. And you're like, I this thing needs to be done, but I really don't like it. And anyone could do it. Pip could do it. I'm looking to have Rupert do it. Uh, so for me, the first thing that went was that was big was the podcast editing. I was like, the podcast has to stay. It has to keep going. But like this is such a time drain and it actually doesn't need me to do it. And I don't want to do it. And let me find someone to do it. And then I asked Jill because she had a podcast and I obviously trust her times the infinity. And that's where Courtney came in to play. What would you say is your first hire? I agree with you. It's the thing that you hate doing the most. And so my first hire was someone to handle my emails, but it actually wasn't even a hire. So my first assistant to handle my inbox was my mom, actually. She had just retired. I was like, nope, <laughs> you're not retired. <laughs> but it, at the, back then it was maybe, maybe five hours a week. Like it wasn't a lot. And um, so, but it was good. We got to spend some time together. And then I did a trade. That was my next one was like, I didn't have money. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well then I'll do a trade. So I had this one woman do it for two years and wow. um, I was just coaching two with years. her. Yeah. And I coached with her. And then Sarah came in in 2014 and she took over the inbox. And the reason why I knew that I needed someone to help me with this is because I just wasn't doing it. Mm. And it was just a bad look. People yeah. would write long, like emails in and I would be like, all right, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it on Sunday. And like, I just kept not getting back to it. It was just a bad look, you know? Totally. And so my first hire was an admin and that's probably what I, and you might be thinking to yourself, you're listening to this, you're like, well, I don't really have, I have like maybe a couple of emails, but still, right. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes to the practice that you were mentioning about handing it off and trusting that someone else can at Good least enough. get it to like Good 80 enough. or 90%. Yeah. You know, when I, when I had Sarah come on, 
you know, she didn't say everything the exact same way I wanted, especially when we're in mid-launch, because sometimes she, it's just like we get so many yep. emails, it's just like she's going like one. And I've had to step in at times and say, hey, like, I know you want to get through these. I know you got to get to your kid's game or whatever it was. And this hasn't happened in, in years, but in the first couple of years, I had to step in and say, hey, that was, you know, it was like a little too short, you know, mm-hmm. like you got to be like, so now everything's like, thanks so much for your message and like, whatever. I was just like, we can take the extra two seconds. So stuff that I would do because my business is my baby yeah. and I'm like, I want everyone to leave with a good feeling and whatever. She was just trying to get through the emails, oh, which right. I could understand. And then we had those conversations and it's never happened again. So there are going to be, and I think that's, there are some growing pains, but overall, I think it's, it can be beneficial, but don't immediately start your business and be like, Someone's doing my website. Yes. Someone's doing my sales pages. Someone's doing my sales yes. calls. Someone's doing my, like, do, do it. most of it yourself. Do it. And also, I just want to say you'll understand your business better. You'll just, just understand all the moving parts better. Do it. Just do it. Like, just do it. I love that we can go have the back and forth and Jill can be the nicest lady. And I'm like, just fucking do it. <laughs> and believe me, like, I'm at the point now, like, we, you know, we've scaled over the last few years, like, where I pretty much work, like, maybe 20 hours a week in the business. And I only do the things that I absolutely love. I only coach, I teach, and I co- create content. That's it. I don't do anything else. But it, like, took me a while For a billion to years get though, to exactly. that. Yeah, it took me a while to get to the point where I was ready to do that. So I think don't offload because you're being lazy. Don't offload because you're like, I can't do it. Like, and you, if it's overwhelming to you, even more reason why you need to sit with it. I'm a big, and this is a huge, especially for those in the newer stages, they get so overwhelmed by tech and they'll be Mm -hmm. like, I'm not a tech person. I'm like, you on an online business now. now, (laughs) You have to sit there. And, and I know like sometimes we don't have the mental like tenacity to like stick with something to like push through. A lot of my students will call their sales page, like their first sales page ever is like a labor of love. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to take you 25 Mm -hmm. hours. Like I can write a sales page right now in like two hours, but like Mm -hmm. not back then it gets faster and it gets easier and you get better, you know? And so you have to stick with it and time's going by anyway. But I think a lot of times we offload something because we're like, I don't want to deal with it. And I think if you just throw money at a problem, it's going to become an even bigger problem. It's And it's such bad advice the coaches and that are out there saying it. Jill and I were talking this before. I'm like, I don't know who fucking says that, but I know it's sad because people will come in thinking this. So I'm like, I don't know who's saying it, but somebody's coaching people because then we get those people coming in thinking like, oh, but I heard like if I outsource this or I, you know, hire this out. It's just bad advice to tell people to do that early on. Like build your business, be in the trenches, understand, find your voice, figure out your voice, learn your voice, learn how you like to do things, learn the different platforms. Like, this is your job now. Yeah, I get it. Tech can be hard, but like business is hard. Pick your heart. Like you're going to outsource everything. And then like, I think that the best thing that you can do to bulletproof your business and future-proof your business is to be in your business. You know how to do the things. And then as you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I am proficient with it. I don't want to do it anymore. Like I, my time is better spent, is better spent kind of doing X, Y, and Z. Where it's like, I just want to fucking do that thing, but I know how to do it cool, by all means, outsource it. You don't need to have a team in order to consider your business legit. Right. You can run your team, excuse me, run your business incredibly lean sure. for a long time. Yeah, 90% profit's looking good. It is. I, that may not sound like, if you're very new to this or if you just don't like numbers, maybe you're like, okay, 90% profit and like they kind of like went over your head just now. <laughs> but... The way that an average like in-person brick and mortar business is running is if they have 15% profit, meaning like all the money comes in and then money goes out, right? You got to like pay all the employees. You got to like, pay all the expenses. It, you got to pay yourself. 
if after that there's 15% of that that they can keep and, there's not, and they doesn't need to go anywhere, that's incredible. Like that business is like the best business ever. 15%. Online business, you could be running at 90% capacity. Wild. Excuse me, profit. 90% profit. Like hopefully you folks take a minute and understand like, okay, why starting an online business from the financial perspective is something that's so awesome because you're like 90% profit. Let's talk about that, Jill. Investing in the business because in the mm. beginning, folks are like, this website, to host this website, it's $200 or to have lead pages, it's X or to have ConvertKit, it's like $8 a month and they're like really caught up in this. What do you say to these folks? Yeah. This is, I think I want to validate this because I feel like if you're coming from a job that's time for money, like I was from a personal training perspective, um, I came like, I had a lot of scarcity around money and I had a fixed income mentality. In fact, the only way I felt like I could make more is to just work more. And so if you're coming from a traditional job where you're getting paid every two weeks and you get a paycheck, the second you start working, it's going to feel really weird to then feel like you have to pay to then have a job. So it's going to feel really sort of backwards. I go through this a lot of my more beginner students because they have never not in addition to me selling my program that's for beginners, I have to sell them on the concept of investment, right? It's a whole different thing and a lot of them are like yeah I want this business but then like the second you're like okay so then there's going to be these small like relatively small investments whether it is investing in a business coach to help you set it up or it's investing in email software website stuff like that all of a sudden their fixed income mentality just like kicks in and they look in their account and go, I don't have that. I can't have $8 a month coming out of my account every month because I only have this much money. Remember y'all, you're growing a business. (laughs) So if you're doing what you should be doing to build the business, you should be able to not only handle $8 or I know lead pages is like 47 bucks a month or the website is whatever the hosting is. I just went through my expenses the other day. So I know like exactly Mm -hmm. what our expenses are. Like, you, I'll give you guys an example. We use this uh, software called Community. It's a um, an SMS software. So we collect people's phone number and it's kind of like email email newsletter, but it's like a broadcast channel for, and they can respond back and whatever. It's really, it really is me when you respond back, it's me. And we use it for nurturing and we use it as another place to, to corral our warmest leads. And sometimes we sell on it, not a ton, but um, it's a text message service and it's $159 a month. And I went through all my expenses and I sent them to like our head of operations. And I was like, hey, here's all the expense for the month. You know, let's talk about these and do we, you know, need all these, whatever. And I literally said to him, can we just figure out a way to make the 140, the 159 back off this thing? Because I don't want to get rid of it. We have a couple thousand mm-hmm. people on there. I don't want to get rid of it. But right now we're not really using it. So I was like, can we just run literally a quick promo just to the text message people like once a month for like a super cheap offer just to cover the expense mm-hmm. of the software until we decide what we want to do with this. I don't want to just, I don't, I think that's a wasted. So yeah, like yeah. that, that's the mentality I'm talking about. That's not a fixed income mentality. I call that proactive funding. Proactive funding is like, how can I make the money with the resourcefulness I have at hand and the business that I've grown and the audience that I have and the attention that I have to cover these expenses? So instead of saying, I don't have it, I can't pay that, go literally ask yourself, how many clients would I need to sign this month to be able to cover that? And y'all, it's like half a client. Like a lot of these things are like, 
especially when you're yeah. in the newer stages, like half a client yep. or asking yourself, you know, how many eBooks would I need to sell this month to just cover this thing? This use the, use what you've built. You know, yes. you have a following, you have an audience, use what you've built, go to them, make an offer to then cover your expenses. So you don't feel like I just don't have it. The idea that I can't afford it, it's just not true. You can afford it, but you haven't got resourceful enough to find the money. Yes. This. I will say a lot of these things as well. If you're in this very stages and you're listening and you're like, I don't have any fucking clients. Yes, we could counter and be like, okay, that's why you're going to go get some. But before that, a lot of these things do have free tiers. And start with that. Start with that. You will have to change at some point. Like, because a lot of things kind of when it is a free tier, you have like certain things that you don't, you can't do. But I'm thinking right now of one of my like star pupils, Jesse, and he made that shit work. And what was required is he's like, I have more time than money. So I'm going to do the free tiers and that requires workarounds. So that means I have to like learn this other thing so that I can do this workaround because like this doesn't connect to this. So I'm going to have to like write this thing out. But this is what I can afford to do because I have the time. And then when he was making money because he started you know, putting things out there, doing the social media thing, we get them in that inbound traffic. And then he was like, okay, now I can go to this next tier of these things. So Love that. I'm thinking of another client as well and client slash friend. And this is a discussion we have because I get it, right? We see numbers on social media. Like a pre- we're privy to, to numbers. And whether or not they're true, I don't know. But we see numbers and it's like people making $10,000 months or having like a bajillion dollar business. But it's like, we don't know if it's true, but either way, you can see these numbers. And so... If you're just starting out, and when I say just starting out, you could still be, you know, exactly, and still not being, have making, you know, crazy money. What I see is people just focusing on that instead of what you just said, which I think is incredibly valuable of what do I have to make to cover the cost of this? Let's start out with that. And if you're able to cover the cost of the software, because it does cost money, like having a scheduling software, having your website hosted, your website and having it hosted. If you're doing a commerce platform, uh, email marketing, especially as your email list grows and like the, the money goes up. If you started a podcast, there's a cost associated with that. If we can look to just start covering that, that is incredibly valuable. And there's a lot of success in that. And in that metric of like, okay, I'm covering this cost. And it starts good business habits because you're like, I'm actually looking at numbers. I'm not just like run away and like hope that like everything's okay. So if that's you, because if that's you listening to this and you're watching this and you're like, I am in the beginning phases. It does feel like lots going out. Yes, we validate that. Ideally, you're moving forward past this kind of fixed income mentality. And can we look at how do I make back at least just covering these costs? Like it's incredibly, incredibly valuable. And I'll say one more thing and then I, sure. and then I flip it over. This is for the person that's maybe been doing this for a longer time. Because one of the questions I get is like, when do I dip? When do I leave this thing? And online business isn't for everybody. We talked about can everyone make it and can everyone do it? And I don't think we necessarily into is it for everyone, but we, went, we did go into like who is it for. For the person that really needs that certainty as it relates to I worked X hours, I'm making X dollars, online business probably isn't for you because that's not how it works. Right, you'll be like I. Jill just said it may, you, it may take you 25 hours to do a sales page. You're not going to get paid for 25 hours of work, especially not in the beginning, and that's okay. But if you are that person that is really like, but I worked eight hours, I want to see eight hours of a paycheck. Amazing for you, then get a job that does that. But that's going to be very, very tough. And like I've coached some people, and I've been like, this maybe just isn't a good fit for you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, 
but this is stressing you out. And, you know, Jill, Jill Fitt and I are sitting here being like, this is so amazing. Look what you could do. And like, we have lights and wires. And if you're like crying every day, cause you're like, but I worked for 12 hours and I didn't make anything. Or I made like, you know, one hour worth of work. Then maybe it's just not for you. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's one of those things where, you know, we talked about the fixed income mentality versus getting resourceful. One of the things that I think sometimes you forget, especially on your platform where you're always like, do the thing, be consistent, post every day. Like y'all, if you're posting every day and you're doing the thing, you get to ask for money at some point. Like that's the whole reason why you're doing everything, you know, like it's not a fucking hobby. Like (laughs) I mean, yes, it should be fun and you should, you know, derive meaning and fulfillment and joy and relationships and connection and whatever, all the awesome things. But remember, like, and it's interesting because I am right now, I have a cohort of new FBA students and they're all like so nervous to post and they're doing it and they're so excited. And I'm like, get ready, get, can't wait till we ask for money. How scary (laughs) that's going to be because you're just giving away a free shit right now, you know? So I, you know, it's so remember, like I said, tap into the trust that you've built to make the money for some of these things. If you're posting consistently and you are showing up, you don't, yes, keep doing it. But in the meantime, monetize, you know, yes. Is it going to take time to break through the trust barrier? When I say that, I mean like make this thing viable. You know, when you and I talk about that 18 to 24 month period, we're talking about viability. Mm -hmm. We're talking about this thing is too far. You're too far gone. Like you're not going to, like nothing's going to break this business at that point, but you should be making money in the first 90 days. Like you could literally get a client in the first 90 days. So while yes, it takes time, you can still be putting asks out there as you're giving tons of value, you know, as you're putting out things that are helping people, as you're solving problems for free, you can also start talking about your services. You can also start talking about your coaching. You can also start, you know, talking about the fact that you work with certain demographics and and niching and stuff like that. So don't necessarily wait to monetize, do all the foundational stuff. And I think, you know, I know we want to talk about the nuts and bolts on this episode. I'd be interested in sort of like from your perspective, the social media tier, right? Podcast tier. These are free channels that everyone needs. You know, so it's funny. <laughs> it's my mom. I love her. But love the mom she, stories. Right. She does Pilates and she does water aerobics. And then she's like, I need to lift weights. And I'm like, you know, yeah, you need to fucking yes. lift weights. Like she's a slight <laughs> woman. And I'm like, I'm worried about her bones. And so she'll go, like literally once a year, she goes, Can you write me a new program? And I go, not until you no. do the other one. <laughs> no. Do the other five that I've written you that you've never done. Once you do those, then I'll write you a new program. So I see a lot of people in the space getting overwhelmed by things like, I don't know, my sales page and mm-hmm. am I, I don't like the course platform and I don't mm-hmm. have a thing. All of this. And I'm like, how many times a week did you post on social this week? And they're like, well, I haven't. I'm like, then we're not even talking yeah, about the other shit. Dude. Like we're not even talking about the other things. So, and I don't say it in like a mean way. I'm no. saying like first things first. So just get consistent on social first. And then we can graduate to email marketing and SMS marketing if you wanted to do that. And mm-hmm. then we can get to offer creation. Then we can get into selling and launching and, and you know, growth. Oh, this. So I love this. <laughs> I love it. I'm like writing so many notes. That's the best. So, so good. It's so good. So when someone comes into one of our calls and is like, I'm so overwhelmed, there's so much to do. And I'm like, if you don't know what to do, just post on That's social. It. That's literally it. Because you can't build a business without that. You can't That's build it. a business without this foundation of free content on which then you get to build your, what I call container content, which is like your email marketing. People have to, to opt into, opt in content, stuff like that. 
Like, don't put together a lead magnet until you've been consistent on social. Jill, I can't with that. I can't. People, I am learning from Jill. I want to validate you <laughs> with this stuff. <laughs> but it is the equivalent of pushing food around a plate. I'm like, you need to fucking eat. Where they're like, I made this thing, I made this. And I'm like, I get it. It feels like you're doing something. It feels like you're being productive. But that's not the thing that's going to move the needle. Which, if you know that and you're okay with that, cool. But I need you to understand, like, that thing that you're spending all this time on behind the scenes that you don't even fucking know if people want. That's why I don't want you to do a lead magnet first because you don't know if they fucking want it. We don't know. If you skip the step of let me put content out there, content is bait, right? Let me see what fish I catch, okay? This is, I got a nibble on that, cool. Then I can decide if I want to put more effort into this. If we skip that step and you're like, I'm just putting all of this thing here, I'm like, but you don't even people want it and you're wasting time. And they're like, I outsourced it. I hired someone to do this. And I'm like, you didn't even take the time to do it yourself. Like you paid for them. Like you're now you're like really, really in the hole. Like when you're starting off, there's so many things that you can be doing yourself. And like Jill said, Gary Vee just did a post about this. And he, these people were like, it, you just know the energy and the people are like really excited about it. I think like, I shared it on my stories. Like I these people were so excited about their thing. I want to change the world. Oh, change the, literally the line they said, they're like, I want to change the world. And Gary Vee was like, how many times a week did you post? And they just kept like skirting the question. And he was like, for the third time. How many times a week did how many times this week did you post? And she was like, Well, not the husband was like, not enough. And the woman was like, Well, once. And he was like, conversation's over. Like, go fucking create content. Why? Because that is what attracts the people. It's what builds the trust. And I love I I would love for you to folks to like rewind this. Where Jill said, at some point you get to ask, right? Because you have been providing so much value. You've been giving, 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 giving. Hormozy says, you get. I'll say you get to ask right? Because you've been showing up, you're disrupting or unbalancing the, the scales here of like, it's like taking someone out to dinner every night for a thousand days or a hundred days. At some point they're like, can I pay you? Can I buy you food? Can I bring you? I'll make you food. Just take something. You show up, you create the content. So from the outside perspective of like, Hey, I get to, you know, ask for a sale. Yes. And then from learning what the fuck you're talking about, who you're talking to, what you want to be talking about, how you want to be talking about it, this is what comes from creating that content. So like Jill said, if in doubt, anytime, anytime at all, I don't care if you're a beginner or you're honestly super advanced. If you're like, I don't know what to do, create. That's it. That's it. Like how long have you been doing this? How long have I been doing this? You still, you still go to day one stuff. It's still post. You know, I have a theory on this. I do think that it's sometimes I think easier for people to do stuff behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. They're like, I'm going to make a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. All I'm going to set up things. my, and, uh, and because it does, keep them safe because when you're not used to or you're you're scared to share or whatever it is then it can feel a little vulnerable like you gotta like totally you know it'd be the equivalent of being like a sculptor and having a studio and making these beautiful sculptures and never putting them on display it's the same exact thing right that's what makes art art is that at some point you have to pull back the curtain and show people your art like that's the scariest part about it right y'all can sit around making all captions all day long and never post any of it and it's like i wrote three captions i'm like cool publish them right because that's what now moves the needle it's not about you creating stuff behind the scenes but the other thing that i think can sometimes happen is that i forget what i was going to say it's okay I got it. I have a question. I, I, I got it. You had a theory though on, I mean, yes, the theory that seemingly was coming out there of like, it's easier to stay kind of hidden behind the scenes and it's scary. It's vulnerable to do these, to, to put yourself out there. It is. My question for you, if we take, we take a step back and we kind of get logistical, what is needed for an online business? 
So I'll break this down in like three tiers. Now I kind of think about it like we talked about the social media being the foundation. So I think about this like kind of like a pyramid. We think about what comes first, what comes second, what comes third. So the bottom of the pyramid is going to be your free content. There's no way to build a business without providing free content, attraction, marketing. We have to put it out. We have to build goodwill. We have to build trust. Someone asked on my FBA call this week, like, you know, um, what, what about people? And I'd be interested in your take on this because I think this is something that comes up for people. I don't want to share my system or I don't want to share my, my method because people are going to take it. And I sort of had a take on it. That was like, imagine going to a store and wanting to buy a couch and talking to the salesperson and they're like, oh yeah, we have that couch. It's in the back. And you're like, cool. Can I see it? And they're like, nope, no, but you can buy it. Yeah, you're going to take it. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing where like you're trying to, you're trying to sell someone on something they can't see because but you're like, trust me, it's the best, yeah. right? Like, so, so there is this sort of free content tier that you have to sort of, you don't have to master it, but you have to be consistent enough with yes. it to, like you said, start getting some attention for free without being, it's like going on a first date, right? Like someone follows you on social media, going on a first date, let's check this person out, let's see what we think. You don't ask them to get married on the first date, which would be trying to sell them something before you actually had built trust with them. The second tier in the pyramid is what I call container content or opt-in content. This is where someone has to do something a little extra to get access to this content. They have to opt in with their email address. If you have SMS, they have to give their phone number. This could also be a free Facebook group that is a closed group where you have to request to join. You have to share, you know, some questions or something like that. People have to do a little bit extra to get into that container to get your valuable content at a different level. And so this is where you see your early adopters, your more like super fans, your people who just like really want to have that deeper connection with you. So once you've sort of like gotten consistent with the free stuff, then it's like, let's graduate to opt-in content. Let's graduate to lead magnet or a wait list or whatever. And then the third and the top of the pyramid, of course, is your paid content. So your paid content is now I have maybe a one-on-one coaching offer, maybe I have a group coaching offer, maybe I have a course of some kind or a, a webinar replay or something like that. And so it's not that you can't have all of these three things at the same time. It's just to say that the bottom never goes away. It's not like you just graduate and you're like, okay, I've done enough social media now. Now I can just focus on this, that you just layer it on. So the bottom of the pyramid continues to go. Maybe you're like, you know what, this year I'm going to layer on a podcast. This year I'm going to layer on a YouTube mm-hmm. channel, right? You can still add more stuff to that foundation and that's only going to exponentiate the trust building. And then from there, you take people off of social, off of the free platforms and into your email list and then you sell from there. So at a high level, like 30,000 foot view, those that's the anatomy so, of an online business. Notice folks... And we can get into this, but Jill wasn't like, you need an LLC. She was literally, that didn't come up at all. Like, you need to build this thing. You need to get this software. She was like, here are the three tiers. You can figure out how you do each of these, right? Where you have the free container and then you have your uh, paid, right? So free, your opt-in, and your paid. You will have to figure out the tech that goes that goes with that. But notice the fact that we start off with that foundational one that's free, you need a fucking phone, that's what you need. You need a phone. You need a phone because you got to put this content out somehow. You got to record it somehow, put it out somehow. And it starts with that. From there, we can go and think about opt-in. And yeah, like, absolutely. I want people to be, first thing when we're like diving in, I'm like, I need you to have an email list because if social dies, what the fuck you're going to do? Like start that thing sooner. But Jill didn't go into the weeds of like, and then you need to have this special software and anything like that. I think that people really associate online business with like, I have to have 
these things. I love that you zoomed out and we're like, hey, there's there's three tiers. You will get through these at, over time and you're going to come back and revisit. I really like that because people will be like, I have to do this all at once? No, you don't have to do this all at once. We start with putting content out there. And I will say for that, for that side of things, you get to choose what that content is. Obviously, my expertise, my zone of genius is Instagram, but it could be a podcast. That could be your first thing. That could be your main thing. And like, you could go all in on that. I'm not the person to talk to. I can tell you how to start one and all the logistics, but I'm not going to tell you like if you're running your business around having a podcast as your main kind of outbound traffic, uh, outbound uh, content. I don't, I don't know how to make a business with that. It could be writing. It could be that you're on Substack and you're putting things out and, on Medium and you're, and you're doing blogs. I don't fucking know about that, but you could do that. For me, when people are like, well, where do I start? What do I start with? And I'm like, what do you like doing? What do you, what's going to come easy? Like, yes, my whole stick, and this is why I went in order with these episodes, is what's going to get you started? What's going to keep you in the game? Because the people that win are the people that stay in the longest. So if you're a writer, can we lean into that? If you like video, can we lean? In, how can we lean into that? Maybe you started YouTube. That could be your fucking thing. Like, that's not my zone of genius, and I have someone I could you know, refer you to. But figuring out how do I like to create content? What's going to come easily? Yes, I'm still going to have to work hard. But like for me, like content like this, Instagram always came easy. Like it wasn't like, oh, I got to like, I'm scared to be on here and I, have to, I don't understand this. And like, I don't really like doing this and I hate it. I'm just like, this is fun. I like doing this is easy. I have range within it. I can write, but I can write, make videos. I like to do all the things. I can do like kind of the tech stuff. So it made sense as a platform to lean to. You think about what makes sense for you. And then lean into that. You started with blogging. Mm-hmm, right? For sure. I was a terrible writer, by the way. But that was the medium back then anyway. Yep. But I had a client who, I've had a couple clients who, you know, they were like, I can't really write. This is back when people were doing a lot more blogs. And she was like, English is my second language. I was like, you're awesome on video. Really wow. aesthetic. Like, you know, she was a personal trainer. So she already had the energy mm-hmm. of like telling people how to do exercises. And she already was competent in being able to speak and talk about training and, and things like that. So I was like, let's just not even do any written content. Like do video. You're great on camera. You have a this. look like, so lean in, tip. lean in. You have like, I sit back. I know I, I say, and if like beat a horse, dead horse, but, but like what a time to be alive. It's amazing. You can lean into anything. And I know that the question will come like, is that even a thing still? Like, are people even still read this? Do people even still do that? Yes. People still do all the things. Like, are there some perhaps maybe more on certain things? Yes. But like, if this is the thing you like, then go in. What was the quote you said the other day? And by the other day, I mean the last episode of like, you could have 0.01% of a big pond. Yeah, or- you could you could have 0.001% of a large pond or you could have 90% of a small pond. That. So you, any vertical that you want, like, go all in with it. Are you like, I'm going to write? No, it's not dead. Facebook is not dead. Like, we were just talking about this. No, dude, it's, having a, it's coming back. Facebook is not dead. And I'm like, if that's your thing, go all in. I love what Jill said earlier when she was responding to Rhonda's, Rhonda's question as well. Because like, this is another question that I will get received from uh, people that are in the online business space. Like, what platform should I be on? Should right. I be on, like, all of this I do, like, in cross posts? And I'm like, pick one. Right. You should pick one. That's what you should do. I understand wanting to try, wanting to try to do all. Because when I first started, I was like, I had a Twitter, I had a YouTube channel that I just really used that for like my clients, to like put the videos on there. I was using Instagram and like I had a Facebook page because I was like, I don't really know, and I, I was doing blogging. But then I just went all in on one of them, and I was like, well, these are just not gonna be. I can't. I can. You can try to put like one percent in everything, or you can just be like, I'm gonna put a hundred percent in this thing, and I'm gonna own it, and I'm gonna dominate it. You're not going to fall behind. You'll be fine. 
and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to go into other things. You can diversify. You can diversify into YouTube. You can start the podcast, whatever that thing is, but like go all in on one of them, whichever one you want, whichever one you think your demographic is on and that you like. And then you go. Yeah. And the reason why I think you and I, like neither one of us, or at least I don't advocate for like a very specific channel. I'm never like, you have to be on ConvertKit or you have to be on ActiveCampaign or you have to be on Kajabi. Like I have my preferences and I've, I've had a lot of different softwares, but I don't, I think if you don't have, if you don't see all the angles, you can not understand how all these work together, which is why I wanted to take the 30,000 foot view because I would much rather you guys just understand what email marketing does for the business and where it fits in amongst the other things so that it doesn't even matter what specific software you end up getting because you know what the utility of having an email software is, no matter which one you do. Same thing with social media, right? All has the same goal the same goal of course is to build trust and to build relationships and connection and then get people off so like it's all the same stuff so i'm never going to tell you you need to have this specific software even though i have my preferences but i think if you don't see all the angles you can get super locked into like i have to have this but you don't understand how all the parts work together right and so i think i'd much rather you guys conceptualize the business and go like okay i get that i build my my audience and then i get them into a container of some kind then i get them into opt-in and I, then I sell them from there. Now, sure, there are going to be maybe people who just buy from social. Sure. But like, that's really the progression. That's the customer journey. That's what we're constantly trying to do. We're constantly trying to build the audience, get them into email or get them into an opt-in and then sell them from there. And like everything we do is to, is an eventual sale. That's literally why we're here. And it doesn't come off like I'm here for, you know, making mm-hmm. money, but I'm like, I'm here for making money. Like I'm like, <laughs> so like at the end of the day, like, yes, I'm not trying to pretend like my end goal is not a sale. I do want to get to know you. I do want to go back and forth DMs. I do want to have that connection and, and make sure it's a fit. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing this as a hobby. And you have to have these things in place to understand where you're trying to go. And then that directs all of your efforts and your actions to be like, okay, I know what my eventual goal is. You mentioned making money and the sort of vulnerability. I mean, get locked into this. Actually, Justine, who's a client of both mm-hmm. of ours, it was, I loved her journey because she spent the first like six to 12 months just providing content and she just posted and she did your, she did the Instagram intensive and she was like, all right, I'm gonna post every day. And she posts every day and she never asked. She never put an offer out there until like seven months in. And then she immediately filled her one-on-ones like like seven months later. So it's like, and she was like, I don't know why I waited so long. And I'm like, I think we just get used to then, okay, we're good at social. We're good at social. We're good at social. It's like, okay, now it's time to take the next step, right? Now it's time to put an offer totally. out there. Now it's time to like get it good at another skill set, which is selling and marketing and copywriting. So there's always a next layer. So always. do I believe that every person can do this? Not necessarily, but I think that's more of a temperament thing. If it's a, a yeah. logistical thing, absolutely, I feel like anyone can do it. If you stay in the game long enough and you're willing to learn, you're willing to invest to learn more, then then yeah, you can do it. I love this. I love I'm cognizant of the time, and by cognizant, I mean I just leaned forward and looked, and I'm like, oh, this was a lot longer than I realized. Uh, went by fast. Uh, but what I do want to say, kind of a segue that, and then we'll do bullshit, and then we'll wrap it up, is uh, this is one of the reasons I love working with Jill, and I think this is one of the biggest benefits of if you do ever work with both of us, is that you're not going to get two opposing views, but you get two different ways of doing things, and people with, with different expertises and different zones of genius. And when it comes to selling and sales, that that Jill is just unmatched 
There's many things unmatched with, but definitely unmatched with that and making you feel okay with that, that, that and feel good about that. Because I'd be like, give content away forever. Eventually people give you money. And Jill's like, but you got to ask at some point. And I'm like, you do, but also just like fucking give it away. <laughs> so you can get the both, the both of, like, you can get both of that. Right, you can get both of those approaches and, and both of the the education around that, and I, I really value that, and I really I feel that legacy and the things that we do and this podcast, these episodes that will hopefully turn into a full podcast if y'all vote and you're like, yeah, I want this. People did write in, and they were like, yeah, you should do it under boob, and I was like, love it. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you got to go back, folks. You don't know what under boob means. Part one, right. but you have this different approaches that are going to get you to the same goal kind of different ways of going about things and you also get to pick and choose and say this feels better this feels better and to me it just doesn't exist in this space so love it i'm gonna do you have a bullshit because i have a bullshit for you again Okay, no, okay. I don't. Okay, good. This is how this runs, folks. This is a problem because, like, I don't for, I re, don't remember we do this until we're here and then we're in, like, a literally halfway through this conversation. I was like, fuck, I didn't bring anything. Even though I said, like, two times ago, I was like, all right, I'll bring one. And then I, I said last wouldn't. time and I didn't bring one I didn't either. Know. I was like, I'm not going to bring one. I got bullshit. <laughs> These bullshits are basically, like, learn about Jill. Actually, we have a question to answer, then a bullshit, then any announcements, and then we don't. Okay. So it's a few more minutes, folks. So uh, someone had asked, hey, I, I don't know how you and Jill met. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I thought we said Bumble BFF. Well, they didn't hear that one. No, they didn't believe it. (laughs) Apparently they didn't believe that was possible. (laughs) You didn't think Maestro was on Bumble BFF. It's funny because that bag is downstairs and every time I go downstairs I think about it because it's in the laundry room. I'm like, this is a very solid tote bag. It was a sponsor for our thing. It was very, very solid. (laughs) It's hanging downstairs. But Jill and I met, for those who don't know, Jill and I met actually because of the superstar that was on who's, now clawing at the the dog bed because of Pip. I was going to CrossFit CrossFit Box, CrossFit CrossFit South Bay, um, and Pip would be there, and I would be like, this is the cutest dog I've ever seen because Pip is like objectively the cutest dog. And I took a picture once and put the picture of Pip. There's a lot of peas. There's a lot of plosives on this mic. I put the picture of Pip on Instagram, and people started writing back, and they were like, is that Jill Fitz's dog? Is that Jill Fitz's dog? And I was like, I don't know. She's here with a white man. And not she, not Jill Fitz is here with a white man. The dog is here with this white man. I don't know. I didn't even know Keith's name at the time. I'm like, I call this man Fikowski. That's not his name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whose dog this is. Uh, and then the woman, the woman I was dating at the time was like, I think you just outed Jill Fit and put her boyfriend on there. I was like, I don't fucking know. I just put a picture of this dog. That's it. So long story short, I, the woman I was dating was like, this is Jill Fit. Uh, I actually think you'd really like her. You should check out her stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And a few months before that, I had gone to, um, I'd gone to Australia and was teaching my maestro, moving to the maestro course. And someone was, one of the guys was there, Corey. He was like, have you heard of Jill Fit? And I was like, I haven't. And he was like, my wife does business coaching with her. And I was just like, shout out Alina. Yeah, there she is. And I was like, oh, like at the time I was really with Danny Matei. Kind of, I was like transitioning from like, you know, the brick and mortar side of things. And I was like, oh, so this is the second time I'm hearing this person's name. And I'm like, the universe is telling me something. I should probably like go check this person out. Lo and behold, Jill lives like literally up the street from me. I listened to her podcast episodes and I listened to, I listened to best life. And I was like, I don't know if this is really my speed. <laughs> I don't know. But then you had an episode that it was just you talking business. And I was like, ah, I see. Uh, and then I reached out to have lunch and bring, and she brought Pip and then we became best friends. That's it. That's the story. And All then we, yeah. And then I was like, how about you host <laughs> yeah. a live event? With I was me. like, what? 
And then how about you do this with me? Say yes and figure it out, folks. When people believe in you, believe them. I know. So the bullshit is, I'd love to bring in your brother, Danny. One time, you made him run in basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I don't know these stories before she brings him up on this well, there's a series of, of stories around this. So if y'all, if you're listening to this and you've ever worked with me, so let me give you this backstory really quick. This is just how I am. So I used to host this event called the Radiance Retreat and it was like a little mindset fitness and it was also business. So I was, it was the three of us and then I was the sort of business person. So I would actually task people with, it was three days. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday, the first time I spoke, I said, look, if someone at this retreat has a new offer and a sales page with a buy button up by Sunday, I will do a free one-on-one consult with you. And people fucking hustled like crazy to get their shit done. So I was like, new offer, sales page, and buy button by Sunday. Like within 48 hours, if you can get it up, I'll do a one-on-one consult with you. So if you've ever worked with me, don't tell me you're thinking about doing something because I will literally be like, let's do it right now. Like No, when people are like, like in a call, they'll be like, I was thinking about maybe at some point... Maybe doing a certification like in 2025, I'm like, why are we doing it then? Let's do it next week. Like, I'm just yeah. so fast to implement and I'm always just like putting people on the hook. So don't even like say you're thinking about something because I'll be like, yeah. I'll literally be like, um, all right, well, you're going to do it. Here's all the tech you should get. Like, I'll literally just give it to you. So Danny Coleman is my brother. He works full time for Jill Fit and he's, he was a personal trainer, coach, and he's the integrator at Jill Fit. He's like our head of operations. But, and we're 10 years apart, but uh, I was obviously obsessed with fitness when I was younger. And <laughs> so the best. The best. two things. The first story that Shante is talking about was he was 15 <laughs> and I was like 24 at the time. And I was signed up to do a duathlon, which is run two miles, bike 14 miles, and then run two miles. And I had actually just signed up for this thing like a week before. Cause I was like, well, it's only oh, two mile run. Like I'll, I can handle it right the whole time. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I was like, I'll do it. He was flying in. He lived, He li- at the time was living with his mom in Houston and flew into North Carolina, which is where I lived at the time. And then literally my race was the next day. So he flew in. I said, hey, man, I signed you up for this duathlon. <laughs> and he was like, what's a duathlon? He's 15 years 15. old. I go, don't worry about it. It's fine. You're in shape. You're a 15-year-old dude. You're in shape. Whatever. He played. <laughs> so he had no running shoes. He ran. And meanwhile, he's a size 13 shoe at 15 years old. Size 13. Have you seen a size 13? It's like a ski, basically. <laughs> He's a little banana boats. So he literally runs this thing in these basketball high tops. And that's not even the best part. The bike. I borrowed a bike from someone for him. The chain fell off in the middle of the range. So he's flying because he ran the first two miles faster than me. Then I'm on a bike and I see him pulled over to the side of the road, bike upside down, trying to like... Just put the chain back on one That's little rung at a time. I was like, off. bye. I was like, hi, bye. Like, you got Jill flew fitted. by him. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it. It's one of our favorite stories. And I'm so proud of him. But that's, so then that's one story. Then a little bit later, he actually came and lived with me when he was 19. He was in college and came to live with me over the summer. And at the time I was a co-owner of a small personal training studio. And so I helped him study for his ACSM personal training certification. I'm like, Hey, own this gym. Why don't you come in, train some clients or whatever, just get your certification. Like whatever we can can think about what what it's going to click later. He was like, okay. So he 
he went, he started for the exam and the exam place was like 30 minutes away. And after he finished the exam, he found out he passed and he called me and he's like, I'm on the way home. He's like, I passed. I'm so excited. Y'all, by the time he got home, he logs into his Facebook account and he's tagged. I posted on my page. I said, I'm so excited. My brother, Danny, just got certified and he's taking free sessions on Thursday this week. Mark what time you want on this thread. Comment below what time you'd like. And it was like all full. Like the whole day. It was like a Monday and like Thursday. (laughs) Poor kid, like 19 years old, literally just got certified. And he had a full client load of free sessions on Thursday. I will also say that some of those people ended up becoming his clients. So... If you, all I'm there saying is, is, if you're going to say if you're going to do something, <laughs> we're going to do it. Size 13 basketball <laughs> sneakers running a duathlon. <laughs> I will shout out, Danny Coleman does have his own podcast. It's called yes. Take Care Radio. It's all about how to be a great coach and how to get your clients results uh, and get them compliant and not ghosting you and all that good stuff. So it does work really well with what we do. So if you guys are interested in learning how to be a better coach, go to Take Care Radio and subscribe. We will drop that i love it Jill, out. hit us with the announcements yep and then last time we'll sign it out all right y'all well we do have one more episode and we again do. if you guys have questions you can dm maestro but uh she prefer if you just use the google form use google form Come on. in the show notes um Go ahead and put your question there. We will answer those on the final of four parts next week. And then the week after, we will be opening enrollment for Legacy, which is going to be here before you know it. So we are going to be opening applications. It is an application process. We do cap it at like 20 to 25 people. So it is a fairly small group. Um, All of the details will go out when we do an open application. So everything from like, you know, what's included and Mm -hmm. live events, dates, you know, investment, all that kind of information will be there as well. Um, But if you want to get those details early, make sure you're on the interest list go to jillfitfree.com forward slash legacy dash wait list it's also in the show notes uh and get on that interest list because y'all will be getting all everything early all the details and all that good stuff so and also you'll be in shantae's good graces because she likes early action takers just do it take, take you get preferential treatment I'll you just do say that. we always reward an early adopter and people who take action so Yes. Anything else? That's all the announcements I got. Amazing. Lean into your strength, folks. That's not mine, so that's why Jill does that stuff. We're good for sure? We're good. Pip, we're good? We're good. All right, folks. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. You heard the lady. If you got questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, please put it in that little link. Put it in the Google form so it's all nice and together. Um, Or if you really must DM me, but I really prefer if you put it in the, uh, the Google form. Super grateful you take the time. Hopefully you watch this. Hopefully the cameras are still rolling. I have no idea. I can't tell they're not facing us. So hopefully you're seeing me right now with my fingers crossed because everything filmed and recorded and you're watching it on YouTube. If so, thank you so much. We got one more episode of B&B coming next Monday. And until then, we will catch you on the interwebs. Until next time, friends, Jill Fit and Maestro. Maestro.